You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. This morning, whether that's in person or online, uh, if you've been with us for any of the last few weeks, you will know that we are in a six-part series called This Is Reality. And we're taking six weeks, uh, kind of from Easter to summertime, to be reminded of what is most important to us as a church, what's guiding to us, what's foundational. Uh, Again, this is going to be helpful if you're new to the church, interested in the church, been here forever, want to share it with someone that's like super skeptical about us. What is this church called reality? That's a weird name. What are they about? This is the series to share with them. Um, If you've missed any of these weeks, highly encourage you to go to the website to either watch it or Apple Podcasts. You can listen to it as well on your drive to work or whatnot. But we are going to be jumping into our fifth of six topics. And uh, before we do so, though, let me go ahead and pray and ask the Lord to bless our time and speak to us uh, this morning. God, thank you so much for this church. God, I'm, I'm humbled and encouraged and blessed to be a part of it. And even despite the last few years and the craziness of our times and um, us being at different spots, and whether that's in person or uh, online or, or whatnot, God, we thank you that you are the same. And the reason why we gather is to be reminded that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're a good God. You are worth trusting our whole lives into your hands. You are worth following. God, we, we are so grateful for what you've done for us as a people. And uh, God, we ask that you would continue to speak to us as a local expression of the body of Christ in this room and online this morning. We ask that you'd speak to us. We ask that you'd shape us into a people that not only look more like Jesus, but that we, we serve the world and we, and we love the world around us the way you would. Give us hearts of service and of giving um, the way that you did. So God, we just pray that you would anoint today uh, my lips. You'd help me to communicate um, what you'd have for us this morning. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, I kind of wanted to, uh, you know, scratch the surface of really big topics uh, and kind of put them all together for time's sake. Uh, and they are service, outreach, and missions. All of it. <laughs> Locally and globally, us serving our outreach to others and uh, local and global missions. These are large topics. There's many areas. Um, but when we talk about all these three things, at least for our purpose today, we're kind of using them interchangeably a bit to kind of mean... Uh, loving and serving others around us both locally and globally. That that is really important to us. That's a, it's a huge part of our DNA, what we want to be about, um, what we see in Scripture that we should be about. But what I first want to do is just share our heart, what we see in Scripture, and what we feel called to. And in a nutshell, us as Reality Honolulu, we want to be a part of building God's kingdom. 
like his global kingdom, like what he's doing in the world and how he's saving and redeeming and healing and, and coming alongside people that are in need. We want to uh, be a part of that. Another way you could say it is we want to be a part of like re reversing the effects of sin in the world. Right? Sin entered the world, the first few pages of Scripture, and messed everything up, and we are still recipients of that. We're still a part of it. We're still living in a broken world that is in desperate need of Jesus. We all are. We've all fallen short of God's glory, and we as a church, as a people that follow Jesus, want to be a part of reversing the effects of sin and the stain of sin, and we want to see, be a part of uh, joining with Christ to see redemption and the renewal of God come to all creation. Because um, again, what happened was, you know, God created this perfect thing, and what did, what did humanity do? We rebelled, right? We fell in the garden, and if you look at the Old Testament, there's this man's a, kind of failed attempts to get to God, and how sin is still kept this barrier between us and the Lord, and there's brokenness after brokenness, and there's evil and despair and disease and murder and war, and I mean, you name it, you look at human history, like we're broken, we've fallen short, we're so desperately in need of a Savior. And what Jesus was, right, was God's rescue plan for all of humanity for all time. And what we believe and what we see that the cross, what Jesus did upon the cross, was the turning point. Like for the whole world, where God's love and goodness and grace came into the world, like, and fixed things, or gave the option to fix things once and for all. But what happened on the cross and what Jesus' life did was what we see in Scripture is that it ushered in God's kingdom, which is God's rule and His reign and His way. And it's not that when Jesus came, all of the problems of the world were fixed, but we're in process of that. We live in this tension of God's kingdom coming, but we still live in a fallen world, but we're a part of seeing God's kingdom continue to be ushered in. We as a church, like, we, we get to be a part. We want to be a part. We're striving to be a part of what God is doing. Like, we want to be a part of, God, what are you doing? How is your kingdom being built? Let us be a part. And you see, what's crazy is that how God has chosen to see his kingdom come. I don't know if you've ever tripped out on this, but over the course of history, like let's just say the last 2,000 years since Jesus, but let's just actually extend that to biblical characters. If you look, how has God's rule and reign and his kingdom come on earth? It's that God always chooses imperfect men and women to be used to lead people to himself. Like, Yes, God moves in the supernatural and the miraculous, but in the 90-ish, high 90 percentile, it's always been through people. God uses people, not special people, actually really messed up, imperfect people. Uh, if you don't believe me, I'm going to read a list. 
It's not an exhaustive list, but it's a, it's a big list of the Bible characters that God has used and either alongside their failures or their faults or the world's perceived shortcomings of them. I mean, let's just read it. Uh, I don't mean to bag on any of these people. I just, it's a brutally honest list. Abraham was old. Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abused. Job was, went bankrupt. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. The Samaritan woman was divorced. Noah was a drunk. Jeremiah was young. Jacob was a cheater. David was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Christ three times. Martha worried about everything. Zacchaeus was small and money hungry. The disciples fell asleep while praying. And Paul was a Pharisee who persecuted Christians before becoming one. Again, this is not an exhaustive list. And I do not mean to bag on these people. But these are the very matriarchs and patriarchs of our faith. These are the best of the best. <laughs> this is the crew that God has used to change the world. If you were just to do a study on the 12 disciples, you would be like, this is insane that God used these guys. These guys are ridiculous. These are the last guys I would choose. Right? But, but this is what I want to get to. If God chose and did use these people, you can bet that God does and wants to do the same for us. He desires to use us as an imperfect people with our flaws and our stuff and our junk where we're at right now for his glory and the building of his kingdom. As a church, a community of people, uh, all with our own perfections, like right where all works in progress, we want to walk into that still, both locally and globally. And part of today is, is challenging maybe the excuses that we all give to God. God, I'll serve you later. I'll serve you when I'm better. I'll serve you when I'm, this, um, when I'm less busy. You know, there's all these ways in which we either think about ourselves, or the world tells us or someone told us. But God wants to use us here and now where we're at with all our junk, with all our stuff for his glory, for his goodness. And our heart as a church, is what we want to do is to be lined up with God's heart, right? We want to be lined up with his will. And in that, we want to see every man and woman and child from every tongue, tribe, and nation come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We want to partner like, God, I want to be involved with that. I want to, we as a church community, all works in progress all have our stuff. Either the world tells us or we tell ourselves that we're inadequate, but with Christ, we're not. God desires to use us in these ways. And we want, we want to see everyone come to know Jesus, right? This is our primary driving force. Not only do we want people to come to know Jesus, um, but in addition, right, we want to see God's kingdom come in all ways. Not just salvation, right? We want to see all the areas of brokenness in this world be healed and met by God and his people. And there's so much of it. 
right? Anywhere there's sin and the effects of sin. Like you name it, it's probably in every aspect of our life. And I believe and I want to see God use us to engage and heal and, and be used to restore and meet needs and feed the hungry and all the things that are broken, all the things that are outside of God's design, that we would step in and be used by God to do that, right? In our very like ethos of who we're called to be, even who we refer to ourselves as is, you know, Reality Honolulu is a community following Jesus, seeking renewal in the land. Me meaning we want to follow Jesus, we want to be a community following Jesus, seeking renewal in the land. Meaning like we want to see God redeem and renew and heal and his kingdom come in the land, around us, in all of creation, with all people. That's, that's, who, that's who we are. It's a part of um, who we are and what we want to do and who we want to be. And, you know, just to speak into a bit of how this has happened and played out so far, um, you know, it's kind of weird, but we have been a church for four and a half years, even though we were like two and then COVID happened and we like didn't meet for a long time because we couldn't. And then we just started meeting last August, so in some ways we're eight months old. Some weeks we're four and a half years old. Depends on your timeline of COVID and all that. But I would say over the past four and a half years, at least the first two before COVID, um, we've been discovering, you know, what this is all about and how we are to serve and specifically our role and our place here in Hawaii and God, how do you want us to serve? How do you want us to give? How do you want us to engage? And I would say the few, you know, a few years prior to COVID, we were a new church plant just starting and our emphasis was heavily just to try to love uh, the people well that God brought. You know, this is a new community and we're forming this new people uh, gathered around Jesus. And, you know, back then we were um, at Aliolani Elementary School in Kaimuki, um, pre-COVID, and we just tried to love that school well and the people and the community and um, but obviously our heart has always been for greater Hawaii and all the beautiful people and cultures that make up um, this place and call it home um, but also we have a heart for what God is doing in the Pacific and in Asia and the region in which we live in and are placed um, we have a heart for this this region this area and to be about what God is doing and how he's moving and um, there's been little things here and there that we've pursued but again I think we're just discovering as a church where we are supposed to put our resources and emphasis and I think this last eight months or this last year uh, a lot more of this has played out and how we're engaging outreach and missions currently is where I feel like where God has placed us here as a, at a school, at the school, in downtown, at Princess Ruth Ke'elikolani Middle, um, like as a pastor, as someone that helps lead this, I really feel that we as a church are called more than ever specifically to serve this school and this community. Um, really, it feels like a new season and a new vision to step in and be the hands and feet of Jesus to those that are so in need in this community. Um, and if you've been around, I've talked about it, you know, quite a bit. It's very clear God is doing some really cool things here. 
and he is really opening some doors really no man can shut and no man can open in providing this space and the relationships with the staff and the ability to do the food pantry and all these open doors that God is allowing us to do. Even us to meet here on Sundays uh, is incredibly gracious of the Lord. And what we feel called to do and have been doing is to do so, mo- so much more than rent this space. Because, right, we're not required to, right? All we would need to do as a church is just, you know, rent the space and do the paperwork and go through the proper channels. But we have always felt like we're called to do more, to do so much more than just be a church that rents a space out of school and then we're out. You know, we're two, year, two hours on Sundays and then, and then we're out. And, but rather, what we feel called to in way of service and outreach and local missions is to be a witness of Jesus and a blessing to the staff, families, and kids here. And, and tangibly, that has been to come alongside them and help where is needed most. You know, I've shared this before, but on um, kind of test scores and proficiency and overall, overall well-being, this is the bottom of the list school in the state. Um, that's all public schools, so... I think that number is in the 200s. We're at the, the bottom level. And uh, it's very underserved and underfunded. There's a lot of needs. There's a, a lot of complexities. And I really do feel like God has placed us to be the church because we can help be a part of meeting these needs. And over the course of this school year, right, which is almost done, uh, we've, you know, I've regularly met with the principal, Principal Joe, and the vice principal, and the counselors, and even the community liaison to the Micronesian community that's on staff here. And we've heard ongoing needs and be able to, uh, been able to actually monthly help them where's most needed. It's been incredible. Um, not, not to say anything about Aliolani and Kaimuki, they just weren't as much in need. Uh, you know, PTAs rule the world a lot in schools, and they had a good one. They had a lot of money, so in, in a different way. There's no PTA here. There's no parents that want to get involved. There's no money. Um, just a different world here downtown at Ke'elikolani. But you guys, as a church, have stepped up in incredible ways, if you didn't know, just in volunteering alone. Like, we've done several, like, full-on, all-day, Saturday, Malama days, and, like, cleaned up this school because it's, you know, in need of a lot of love. You guys have done that, and it's been incredible, a huge, incredible blessing. Um, obviously, and also all the stuff like outside, all these umbrellas and tents and tables and landscape and paint, like you guys as a church have done all of that over this last year. Um, not only that, but you guys have like heeded the call when we put out words of like, hey, tutoring's needed, chess is needed, soccer's needed, volleyball's needed. You guys have volunteered and come, and like three or four of you have gotten jobs here. Three or four of you are part-time and full-time on staff. Like, you are fully invested in this school and loving it. Like, guys, this is our church. You guys have, like, heeded the call and jumped in, and it's, like, not been unnoticed. Um, on a side note, Principal Joe and Vice Principal John, as far as I know, are coming next week to personally thank you. Um, they're just so grateful, and they, they think they, they can't do it without us as a church. Like, it's that meaningful. And so please come next Sunday to Ohana Sunday just for that alone. Um, they want to personally thank you, and they will be here. But not only volunteering-wise, but financially, church, you guys have, like, stepped up and been so generous 
over the last year, and not only have you like given your time, but you've given a lot of your money to like meet needs. And over the course of this school year, we've given more than $20,000 to help them buy needed equipment, supplies, and services that they couldn't afford to help their kids succeed. Like, like this is incredible. Ranging from like award prizes to food for ceremonies, teacher appreciation days, like a custodial vehicle to help work, uh, the mural on your way in, you help pay for that, uh, new solar lights around the campus, end of the year party tomorrow, you guys are getting bounce houses and shave ice for the whole school. Like, again, we're just hearing needs from the principal, from the vice principal, like they couldn't do any of this, they present it, and our board approves it and all that, but you guys are giving the money. Like, you guys are serving, and I just want to testify that uh, it's been incredible. And again, next week, yeah, praise God. Like, you guys are amazing. Uh, one quick story, the, the Sasa, like the school administrator of the school in the office, she's been here forever, uh, this auntie, and she, she thinks, like, I'm the, like, like the funniest person because I come in and I'm, we're like giving all this money and stuff. And the other day she's like, who are you? And I was like, no, I'm nothing special. I just, we just as a church want to love you. And she's like, what's the catch though? Like, who are you? What do you want from us? I'm like, no, we're just thankful to be, a, to meet here. And we just want to be a blessing. And like, this is just, it's just the testimony of being Jesus in these ways that uh, has been incredible. And, um, not only your, ta- your volunteering and your financial uh, ability to bless this school and the 300 families here, but in addition, uh, we, you guys as a church um, ha- want to serve. We all want to serve the broader community. And uh, because of this partnership and relationship and grace of God and open doors, we've been like, been given stewardship I would say, over a piece of land over there. And you guys over the last year have like helped put in a community garden and the infrastructure needed for a food pantry. And you spent Saturdays once a month doing this. And again, the goal of this garden is to teach kids to grow food and that food will be given to their own families who are in need to supplement um, also what's going out with the food pantry. And it's, if you haven't seen it, it's like popping right now. This is the time, guys. You guys got to go around past the basketball court. The gate's open. I left it open for you today. Just go see what's growing. God is making it flourish. Um, and Hawaii is amazing for growing things. So that's also a thing. But anyway, in addition to the garden, Jackson announcements told you this, food distribution. We have been working on the infrastructure of like getting a food pantry distribution in order. Two weeks ago was our first one. And there was 150 families that came, and they represented almost 700 people who he helped feed. Like, it was absolutely incredible. For, like, the first one, no one knows us. We didn't really say anything. People just showed up. Um, Again, because of your hours of time spent, the skills you have, your generosity, again, over the course of the last eight months, just to build out everything. Refrigeration rooms, container, fencing, walls, all the things to do all that, that's 20, another $20,000 you guys have given to create, to sow in, to make it so that we can serve this many families. Again, the plan to go forward is to increase the number of families we serve, also to partner with other organizations. They would come and provide free health exams, eye exams, help you with your unemployment paperwork, uh, 
And what's neat is we've already put out the word and there's about half a dozen organizations that already are joining us for this next one. And we just hope to make this a hub where we can um, provide services of any kind to anyone in need. And uh, it's amazing what God is doing. And our hope for in the future that this would only grow, that obviously we wouldn't only do these things, but we would be able to be used by the Lord to be a witness and ambassadors uh, for what God is doing in Hawaii. Um, not only locally, but again globally. Like we want to be a part of what God is doing in the Pacific and in Asia. We don't know what that is, where that is, but we're open. Like we're like, God, we want to be used. We want to either partner with people that are already serving you in these countries and in these nations, or if you want us to do new work, we're open to that too. Um, we really feel like kind of concentric circles, you know, like we're a church. We want to serve like our proximate home, our school and our community, but we want to serve greater Hawaii and the region that we live in as well. And so that is our heart and our hope for the future is to continue to be used by the Lord. Um, and you can join with us in praying that we would be led by the Spirit of God with the heart of God to continue to be a community following Jesus, seeking renewal in the land. Uh, it's really exciting to leave you this morning with some tangible ways that we can be a part and grow, that we can see God use us even more. I want to give us a quick six, a quick six. So if you're taking notes, I want to give us some application points of how not only we can enter into what God is doing already, be a part of it, but that we can grow as Christians and followers of Jesus uh, to partner with what he wants to do in the future. And so uh, how we can all be a practical part. Number one, all of us Christians believe should commit to be a part of what God is doing. And this is what I mean. I don't mean it to be only here at reality. I just think every Christian should be committed to a local church. Again, not all of us are going to be in Hawaii forever. You're going to be move, moving. Not all, all of us are going to go to reality. There's a lot of amazing churches on this island. But what I would tell every Christian as a pastor, doesn't matter what church you go to, commit to a local church. Don't be without one. No church is perfect. No church is going to meet all your needs. You're not going to agree with every sermon. Guaranteed. But as a Christian, commit to a local expression of God's church and be a part of it. I do believe that the church, in all of her flaws, many flaws, I still believe is the greatest vehicle for discipleship. In and through the church, God is the one that goes out and saves and redeems and heals the world. Right through the gathering and scattering of God's people. And I do believe it's so important for every Christian to be a part and committed to a local church. And, and what I mean by that is, is not just go, not just attend, not just watch the sermon, not just listen to the sermon. That's bare minimum. But make it your own. Be a part of it. Be involved. Be committed. Whatever that looks like for your life stage, but like commit to that church. Again, it doesn't have to be a reality. Go to the church that God's calling you to. But just, there's a real danger Danger is so high when you stop going to church as a Christian. I know there's many excuses. Just, just be very careful. <laughs> don't, don't do it. 
help me, come and I will counsel you through this, please. Whatever church God is calling you to, be committed to that church. Number two, when it comes to service and outreach and ministry, I think a huge prerequisite would be have a heart surrendered to the will of God. In, in other words, be willing and available. Uh, all of what I talked about doesn't actually matter if you aren't, aren't willing to be used by God. And that, that's true of anybody. Like, I think a bare minimum as Christians, when it comes to serving others, whether that's locally or globally, big or small, whatever you, is, is having a posture of going, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. My life's no longer my own. Use me. See, a lot of us, and no judgment, all of us are in this in some way or another. We're like, God, use me, but. Only, you know, use me, but not now. Use me, but only in these ways. Right? We give all these prerequisites. We're like open, but we're not. We're willing, but we're kind of not. A challenge I would have for all of us when it comes to serving the Lord, being a part of a church, together serving, is to be challenged to have a heart surrendered to the will of God. Next thing I would say that all areas that we can be challenged is to be led by the Spirit. Right? Be committed to a church, be committed to a people that are serving the Lord and seeing God's kingdom come. Have a heart surrendered. God, use me where you want. But I think ideally, it's so good and right to pray where God would have you. Right? I, 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 again, especially for us, like we're in the church plant stage still, I would say, with lots of needs. And all the time, most likely it's Rochelle texting or calling you and be like, hey, we just need people. Because we just are a small church and there's a lot of needs and a lot of kids and, you know, we're trying to serve and do all these things. And so we just jump in and it's been incredible how you guys have jumped in. But right, ideally, it's, it's uh, is that we're being directed by God um, where it is that you want us to serve, Lord. Again, you guys have been amazing, but one thing I would want to grow in as a church as we maybe grow or there's more people and not like all of you are doing seven things is that we pray, God, where would you have me? My giftings, my personality, my time constraints, my life stage, where would you have me serving? Number four, the fourth thing I think when coming to serve Jesus whether that's at reality or not, is whether it's local missions or local outreach or a food pantry or global missions, is do it all out of love. Wait, what did Jesus say? Like, what are the two greatest commandments? Love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. There's a lot more to it, but what is the most important and what it should always be led with? Love. Like our motivation when we serve and love others and tell others about Jesus or give them food or like come alongside anybody in need anywhere in the world, we should always remember we're to do it out of love. First Peter 4, 8 through 10, I love this, says, above all, love each other deeply. Right, Peter says, above all. Like I know you're different, I know you got your stuff, Right? Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. 
offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I love Peter calling that to attention because even verse 8 alone, oh, so badly is this needed in our world around us. Because often we say, well, I'll love you if you agree with me politically, right? I love you if we were just similar in that way. Like we give so many prerequisites for why we would love someone. But I think it's such a good reminder of the word of God. Love covers a multitude of sins despite differences and whatever's happening. And then love them. And I love it because it says each of you should use whatever gift you have. All of, them are, all of us are important. All of us are a part. We're all members of the body. We all have a place. There's not one of us because of our giftings that we're more important than another. All of us are needed in the service of others. Uh, the fifth area for all of us to be challenged is, is have a posture of humility and service. Oh, this is so important. Um, I think when approaching... When, when, we, when we see someone in need, whether that's whatever that may be, like for us in our context, whether that's volunteering at the school or the food pantry or other, you know, local outreach or even global, global ministry, like we want to model Christ in how we love and serve others, right? The Son of God, if the Son of God in Mark 10 says this, or if this is said about him, how much more should it be said about us, right? It says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Speaking of the cross, like he went and died on our behalf so that we could have life. And so to model that as Christians, service to others should be like a key marker. Like people around us if they know we're Christians, should, should, should see our life be about serving others. Again, not just out of religious deeds or checking a box, but out of modeling the life of Christ. And kind of lastly, as we kind of end now, it's to give generously to the building of God's kingdom. And what I mean by that is what Paul referred to in Galatians 2.20. And it's this reminder that he says, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Right? In the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Right? There's this idea that, God, my life is no longer my own. Everything that you have entrusted me with isn't mine. I want to use it for the furthering of your kingdom. And not only should we be a part, uh, an active member, you know, part of a church and engaged, but we should be invested in what God's doing. Right, we should be, it's good for our hearts. It's extremely effective in the building of God's kingdom when the people of God all have this mindset where, you know what? 
I'm going to do what's inconvenient. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to give of myself and my resources to help those who are in need. And if we looked at a study of the New Testament, specifically the book of Acts, the church gathered in large gatherings like this and small gatherings, but what they did was they gathered together, they joined together with their time and their talent and their treasure and their stuff and their finances and their resources, and they banded together to go, how can we together serve those around us? They didn't do it all separately. They didn't, you know, super individualistic. They had a collective mentality where they go, we're the people of God. We've been entrusted with all this stuff. How might we serve the Lord? And again, that's why I think there's so much beauty in the church gathered is that we can do so much more together. We are better together as it's meant to be. Um, And even this last year and all those numbers of how much money and how much time and all these things that we've done is not supposed to boast in us. I want to praise the Lord. I want to testify that what he's doing through us And I want to encourage us that there's so much more that he has in store. He's not done. This isn't just like a one-off thing. Like we want to grow into like being used more, right? We don't want to miss out on anything God has. We want to be open and available to serve those around us. And so to tie this all together, to land the plane, so to speak, um, I want to say this. I truly believe that as a church, we are caught up in a really neat work of God. I'm not comparing or or saying it's better. I'm saying that it's special and it's sweet and it's unique and it's awesome. And I want you guys to be involved in it. I want more to be involved in it. Because I do believe that God has so much more in store. Again, we want to be in step and led by the Spirit. Um, But I believe that all of us that's online, not in this room, in this room, that God would add to this number, that we're all to grow together to be a part of what God is doing. When we're in this rebuilding season, I do believe that God is only scratching the surface for how he wants to use us to be ambassadors and lights and witnesses and to be the church in the world. Um, Guys, I want to do it with you. I don't want to do it separate or apart. Um, I believe that God has put all of us together and is continuing to do so for a purpose and a reason, not only to grow in Christ, but to be used by Christ to love uh, the least of these around us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for the ways in which you have moved and are moving in our midst. There's so much more we could even talk about and testify, but God, we do believe that we're caught up in a work, in your work, in the building of your kingdom. And God, I do pray that you would minister and show each of us where our place is and how you want to use us. God, I pray for any of us that feel, I don't know, that we, that we want to give excuses or discredit or maybe we're ashamed of where we haven't served you in the past or I don't know, maybe, maybe there's just something that we're putting before you that 
is a barrier, is a, is a wall. I pray that you would tear that down right now. In this time of worship, I pray that you would really show us and lead us and minister to us how you would have us be a part of the building of your kingdom here at Reality Honolulu. God, we, we don't want to be a people that are just all about ourselves, that are too self-absorbed, you know, whatever, you know. It's just about the church and about the people that go to the church. We, we want that, Lord, but we also want to be a people that are so others-centered, that we're absolutely happy to be inconvenient, inconvenienced to serve those around us, that we'd be happily willing to give up the stuff we have to give those that to, to give to those who are in need. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your life, Lord, the reminder of how you served those around us. And God, I pray that you would um, meet us now. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.